Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Who's ready for the word today? That was pretty weak. I said, who's ready for the word this morning? Open up your word with me to Psalm chapter 23 uh, today. We've been, uh, this will be our third session on Psalm chapter 23. And we started in the first verse with the Lord is my shepherd. And whenever we say that the Lord is our shepherd, we are making a statement that we are loosing control. We are giving our control of our life, our direction to the Lord. And uh, it's, it's a statement that says, God, you are my shepherd. I can't leave myself in this way. I can't leave my family without you. It's a sign of I'm, I'm, I'm giving you control of everything that I have. Um, and as we've, uh, these past few weeks, we've had some testimonies of uh, people sharing that they've lost control over a situation. They gave control over a situation and God just touched and moved in their life. And I want you to watch this short testimony here. Uh, of this gentleman losing control and saying, the Lord is my shepherd. In reading um, Psalm 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, uh, has truly impacted my life, um, especially here recently. With my job, I felt like I have been next in line to uh, be promoted. You know, everybody wants to wants to get a promotion, it, it, it sounds good, but with my job where I work, if to get a promotion, you usually have to move out of the state, uh, anywhere in the country that uh, we have a plan at. Well, that would be, that would be fine, but if I move, my wife and kids would be staying here in Rome. Um, so you can obviously see where my stress level has been with this. Reading Psalm 23 and, you know, we talk about losing control and losing control of uh, your outcome, not trying to control your outcome. As a, as a person, I've done as much as I can do, so I talked to God and, and I said that, you know, this is in your hands, I'm giving you control. I can't do anymore as a person uh, towards this situation to help myself. So once I did that, five days later, I got the promotion. Not only did I get a promotion, but I was able to stay in Rome with my family, with my, my relatives who are also here in Rome. Um, you know, I, I, I'm telling this because I want to show everybody that if you can just lose control of your situation, you obviously can't control. You don't know what's best. Uh, the Lord knows what's best. But if you can do that, good things will come. So just let the let the Lord be your shepherd and lose control. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 2 we talked about last week. They said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. If you didn't catch that word, be sure you go online and listen because it's a, it's a message about spiritual rest, 
about learning how to Sabbath, about learning how to rest in, a, in, in, in the design that God has created us for. And whenever we learn that concept, blessings comes with that rest. And today, we're in verse 3 that says, He restores my soul, and He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And today, we're talking about righteousness. And if you have your word, I want you to open up with Exodus. I've got several different scripture before we get there, but we'll be reading a moment uh, in Exodus. Um, and these others, you can just kind of jot down in your notes, but turn with me to Exodus because we've been talking about Psalm 23 here. And today we're talking about paths of righteousness and God's desire for us. Righteousness is simply being right with the Lord. It's a state of being right. And in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, they were talking and they said, there is none righteous, no, not one. And this was truly a mindset of the people at this time. That, that is the way that they saw life. That's the way that they saw how it was going to be, that while we are here on earth, uh, we will never be able to be righteous. We will never be able to live up to God's commands for us. We will never be able to be seen right in his eyes. And when you look at this time frame, one of the reasons that they felt this way is because they had a sin conscious, what I'm calling it today. Sin conscious, being sin conscious is, is knowing your sins. It's not only knowing your sins, but it's that you know your sins 24 hours a day and you really can never get away from the past. They lived in that sin conscious state where they know where they failed. They know what they were doing wrong. They, 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 they knew their mishaps, their shortcomings, their mess ups, their mistakes. And it was continuously playing in their mind where they said, we can never be right. We can never take on characteristics of the Lord. And whenever you are living in this sin consciousness, it will not allow you to walk upright the way that God wants you to walk. It will not allow you uh, to, to, to walk in the boldness that God has created you in because you're living in what was. Sin consciousness, it is, it is seriously like a disease to your spirit. It attaches to your immune system and you can't fight spiritual battles like you need to. It attaches to your skeletal and your bone structure. It will not allow you to walk in paths that God has designed for you to walk in. It will attack your vital organs and will not allow you to function and flow in the will that God has for you. This sin consciousness it, it, it seriously just weakens you and makes you even res have a greater resistance for you to walk holy and to walk in the way that God designed for you to walk. And reminding yourself of the past can keep you out of the will of God. Amen? When you are constantly reminding yourself of the past, you really, it's hard to see the will of God. And just that, 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 is, that is coming from, from, from a state of condemnation. 
is coming from the devil himself because he knows that if he can uh, keep you looking back, that you'll never be able to see what is ahead. Amen? So God, God knows the works of the devil. He knows the ways that he can defeat us. He knows the devil's tactics. The Lord, your shepherd, knows that he must strengthen us. So he says, just jot this down in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, uh, 34, it says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Whenever you awake to something, it is suggesting that it was always there, but you just opened your eyes and you finally caught the revelation of it. You finally saw it, but sin not. See, people, a lot of times, they are trying not to sin just so they can be righteous. But God wants you to be awakened to righteousness. He wants you to live in righteousness so that you can walk in paths and ways that sin cannot find you, that sin cannot attach itself to you. So the Lord is my shepherd, and if I let him, he will lead me in paths of righteousness, Pass without sin. Pass that calls me to, to learn how to walk upright. Jot this down. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. In other words, it is saying any man, any woman, any boy, any child, any student that comes to Christ, Praise the Lord. Old things are gone. Amen. The old life is gone. The guilt is gone. The shame is gone. Past mistakes, mindsets, all of those are released. And it says that you are a new creature. If you look up that word in the Greek, it means creation. It also means a new race. Isn't that interesting? It says that whenever you come to God, it's like you are entering into a new race, that God takes you out of the race that you've defined yourself in, and he puts you in a new one. It's like he is saying it does not matter what race that you think that you are, no matter how you associate yourself. It doesn't matter what color you are, red, yellow, black, or white, but as soon as you come to him, he puts you into a new category. Amen? He puts you in to a new race. He starts all over and it all starts at his son, Jesus Christ. But how does this happen, you say? Jot this down, 2 Corinthians 5.21, as I'm laying some groundwork this morning. 2 Corinthians 5.21 states, it says, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. How does this work? It is, it is, it's kind of hard to understand because we in America, we don't function this way. Because it's saying you and all of your junk, you bring it to Jesus who is standing here with righteousness. And the word says that he takes all of your junk for free and transfers upon you righteousness. That is shouting words right there because it's so hard to understand that God would take our junk from us and because of our junk, somehow in the mind frame of Jesus, something is going on. It's a love that it's hard to understand. He looks at our junk and says, oh, it's great. Let me take it from you and gives upon us and transfers upon us 
us righteousness. Amen. That's a reason to praise him this morning. Amen. Is that whenever, go ahead and clap for it because that's how good it is that he gives us righteousness for our sin. And whenever we can grasp this verse, whenever we can grasp the fullness of it, we will relieve ourselves of a lot of things. And whenever we grasp the fullness of it, that Jesus took our sins on himself and gave us his righteousness. Whenever the church understands that, whenever we get it, that is when we can take back things that devil stole from us. Amen. That's whenever you can dismiss the lies of Satan because every time the, uh, the, uh, Satan gets in your ear, and he starts whispering lies to you. He gives labels to you. He brings you back to a sin consciousness. Whenever the devil starts lying to you, that's when you can understand that God made you to be righteous and you are righteous in him. And he took away those things and gave this gift to you. See, a lot of the problem is, I'm going to talk about the church this morning. A lot of the problem is even a lot of believers believe that, 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 that the problem is faith. That if we had more faith, that if we had more faith, that this, then we could accomplish this. If we had more faith, the word says just, just a mustard seed faith. If we had some faith, I could get the answer. I could get the solution. If I had a little more faith, uh, the, the, this problem would stop. But the word says, look what the word says about faith, that God hears the cries of anyone who believes or anyone who has just a little bit of faith in him. He hears them. But listen, this is also what the word says. The word says that, 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 that yes, God hears them, but there is something about answered prayers. I don't know about you, but I don't want my prayers just heard, but I want my prayers answered. Can someone say amen? And it says, and in order for that to happen, it takes something other than combining with the faith. And James 5.16 says that the effectual fervent prayer of the what? The righteous man avails much. So in other words, let's Let's break this down for us. In other words, whenever you are praying in a state of righteousness or praying in a state of being right with the Lord, and when you are praying in that manner, you are not only praying like God hears you, amen, but you are praying like you know God is about to do something on your behalf. You are praying prayers that shake heavens, amen. You are praying prayers that, that break chains because the word says whenever you are in a right standing, not only do I hear you, but it is those effectual, fervent prayers that avails much that, 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 that we actually see an answer to, that we actually cross the finish line with. If we could get this understanding it would, it would totally revolutionize your prayer life. You don't want to be praying just so you can be heard by him, but you want to be praying prayers that are shaking the heavens. And faith is not the problem in the church today. The problem in the church today is righteousness. That's the problem. The problem is being in right standing with the Lord. See, faith comes by hearing, but guess what? It is established through the righteousness. And unless I get righteousness up in my spirit, unless I get right up in here, I can't move out in faith like Abraham did when he got the word that he was going to be father to many nations. I can't move out in bold faith like Abraham. And the word says that God accounted it to him for what? For 
righteousness, sin consciousness will always make you think, I've got to feel, I've got to see something before I can make it happen. Before I know it happened, I've got to see it, I've got to feel it, I've got to taste it. Guess what? That is religion. Can somebody say amen? That is religion. Religion is built on sin consciousness. Religion is often built on you will never be good enough. You will never be like saint so-and-so. You will never be like sister so-and-so. It is built on a sin consciousness that people feel almost condemned. Sometimes it's, there's a difference in, in being felt and feeling condemned and feeling conviction. The people, all of a sudden, they feel like they, 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 they will never be able to measure up the sin consciousness. That's why so many religions, that's why so many denominations, whenever you walk in, so many religions and denominations, they have statues everywhere because they've got to be reminded of someone or something that has happened so they can see it and feel it so they will think that something has happened. But listen, whenever you are walking in righteousness, whenever you are walking upright with the Lord, guess what? You don't have to hear anything. You don't have to feel anything. Whenever you are there, you don't have to feel a thing. You don't have to have a support group behind you saying, I can make it. You're going to make it. No, no. All you've got to do is whenever you are in right, whenever you are walking and passive righteousness with God. All you got to do in the middle of your storm is say that the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. This is what I need. This is what I believe. And this is what I receive. And just keep on walking. That's the power of walking in paths of righteousness. And righteousness, you get to understand, righteousness puts you into fellowship with the Lord. Being in right with the Lord puts you into fellowship with him. Do you want to hear from God? Guess what? Walk in righteousness. Do you want to feel the Lord? Walk in righteousness. Because whenever you are walking in righteousness, it is like the Lord is your life coach. Because you are in continuously communication with him. You can feel him whenever you need him. You call him and he's there. Walking in righteousness. Whenever you are walking in righteousness, your mind is not consumed with your shortcomings. Whenever you are walking in righteousness, your mind is not consumed with your shortcomings, but it is focused on what is forthcoming. Amen. Whenever you are walking in righteousness, your mind is not consumed with your shortcomings, but it is focused on what is forthcoming. Because righteousness is when the nature of God starts coming into your life. When you start acting and behaving like God. When you start taking on characteristics of God. Righteousness is like that behold moment that says it is when you start to become that new creation that we talked about. It is when the old things have passed away. It is that behold, all things have been made new again. It's when you start taking the characteristics of God on your life. Righteousness means you know who you are, whose you are, and what you are doing. That's righteousness. Righteousness is a force that demons recognize. Do you realize that demons recognize when they are entering a battle with a righteous person? 
Demons recognize it. Demons recognize whenever they are stepping onto the battlefield with a righteous person. They realize that it is going to take more than them by themselves. That's when they get the legion. That's when they get many is when they are dealing with righteous people. How do they know the difference? They know the difference in just a cry of a little faith or the cry of the, that avails much. They know it. And, and, and whenever you are righteous, it gives you a force to be reckoned with. Guess what? Whenever you are operating in righteousness, things flow different. Whenever you are in good standing, right standing with the Lord, things flow different. They operate in the manner that God has created them for. That doesn't mean that it will always be easy. It doesn't mean that everything will come just easy to you. But it will flow in a manner that God has created it to flow. Look at the way that Moses is operating in Exodus chapter 4, if you will. In Exodus chapter 4, you see Moses here, and he's really kind of starting off his ministry. You find that he's operating in a way that is not of righteousness. Moses, in verse 4, God is calling to Moses, and he's telling him, I'm going to use you to set my people free. I'm going to use you to, 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 to release my people from captivity. And in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech. I have, uh, and, my, and my tongue is slow. Listen, this is God speaking to Moses. I've got something for you. And Moses responds, I don't think you want me. No, no, you, you don't understand. Like, I can't speak well. I've never been on a platform. You don't want me talking to Pharaoh. I stutter. My, my, my tongue is slow. So listen in verse 11. So the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord, made these? Now, listen to this. Now, therefore, go, and I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall say. How many of you need that prayer? Lord, teach my mouth what to say and what not to say. Is anybody there this week? But he said, listen. The Lord's like, I can do it. But Moses in verse 13 said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. In other words, find somebody else to do this. Has the Lord ever spoke to you and you were like, please tell somebody else to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to speak to that person. I don't want to say this to that person. You felt like you were supposed to witness to that person. You're like, please send somebody else. He said, Lord, please send somebody else. And in verse 14, listen, to this. it said the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Look at the way that Moses is operating. He is not operating like someone who is in right standing with the Lord. When God called Moses, Moses was sin conscious. 
He knew all about his shortcomings. He knew all about his shortcomings. He not only knew his shortcomings, but he wanted to remind the Lord of all of his faults also. Lord, I'm not eloquent. Lord, I can't speak. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a preacher. I can't stand before a Pharaoh. I can't, I can't speak in public. I can't stand before leaders. I'm not eloquent. I'm not all of those things. Watch how Moses starts to develop here. Watch how he develops as the Lord leads him in power of righteousness. Moses was not operating like righteous people. How do I know this? How do I say he's not operating in a righteous state? Because Moses was afraid. He was scared. He was scared because all of the things that he thought about himself. He was afraid because all of his faults. He wasn't operating in a righteous state because, listen, Proverbs 28.1 says this. It says, the righteous Righteous are bold as a lion. Well, it says that the righteous are bold as a lion. But I'm just shy. I'm an introvert. I'm not feeling like it today. I don't have that calling. I'm shy. I'm not a pastor. I'm just timid. No, you're not. Guess what? The devil is a liar to you. Can somebody say amen with me today? The devil is a liar. You, are, you were created to be righteous. Whenever you stepped into relationship with him, he brought you into what was right. You are to be bold as a lion. Why? Because you are a child of God. Guess what? You are part of the tribe of Judah. Judah this was symbolic of the lion. Why? Because they had a mouth. They were worshipers. You are part of that. And guess what? The righteousness of God. Guess what? They have God. God's DNA inside of them. Whenever you step into righteousness, you start walking in that path. God's DNA comes inside of you. You start having his nature. You have his nature. What is the nature of God? Listen, his nature is a nature where he is a master. He has authority. Righteous people have authority in their mouth. Can somebody say amen with me today? They have the authority in their lungs. They have the authority to speak to demonic things. They have the power and the authority to speak to things that are not of this world. They have the power to call things as if though they were. They have the power to, for spiritual battles. He was... A master. His nature was a ruler. He was not inferior. He was not inferior to disease. He was not inferior to history. He was not intimidated by religious uh, uh, intellectuals with, with big, large vocabulary. He was not inferior to winds and waves. I mean, he even told winds and waves and storms where to go and what to do when they got there. He was not inferior. To, and guess what? When the righteous, us, we've got to take on this nature. Why? If we, if we are righteous and his DNA is inside, of us, why are we inferior to some of these things? Why? Why do we get scared? Why do we let demonic things tell us what to do? Why do we let demons steal our joy? Why do we live in fear? Why? 
God has called us to take these things on. You and I have these things inside of us, but the word says to awaken to it, to see it. It's a revelation. If you'll just catch it. I mean, look at Moses. When he started, look at the point he started at. He started way down here. Lord, you don't want me. I can't even talk right. But just look at what God did. Turn to Exodus chapter 32 real quick. It's my favorite Moses story in the Bible. I love this story. And I, and, and I, I teach on it a lot, talking about prayer. I mean, but whenever you look at what God can do and what God will do, when we allow him to be our shepherd, and lead us in paths of righteousness. Exodus 32, verse 9 through 14. The word said, Moses is here. He comes down from the mount. He's got the Ten Commandments. He's got all of these things. And guess what? The people are worshiping an idol. They are worshiping idols. They have lost their mind. They were walking in righteousness. Now they are not. And the Lord said to Moses in verse, uh, in verse 9, I have seen this people, and indeed, listen, this is what the Lord said, they are a stiff-necked bunch of people. It's in the Word. They're hard-headed. Does this sound like your job? Does it sound like your house? Stiff-necked, hard-headed. It says in verse 10, now therefore, this is what the Lord is saying. Let me alone. My wrath may burn hot against them, and I will consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. The Lord said, I am so mad at these people. I'm going to destroy them all, and I will give you a whole nother group of people. How many of you have ever prayed that? Just take them on, Lord. Give me new co-workers. Give me, give me two new kids, Lord. They're on my nerves. He said, let me alone. My wrath, this is the Lord now. I am so mad. I'm going to destroy these people. I've been bringing them through the wilderness. I'm going to destroy them right now. And guess what, Moses? Don't cry. I will give you a whole nother nation. I'll do it. Listen to Moses. God is saying this to Moses, the one who had no boldness. That was, he couldn't get words out. He wouldn't stand before people. None of this would happen before. Here he is. Listen to Moses. 30 chapters later, Moses pleaded with the Lord his God. Moses said, Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? He's saying this to the Lord. This is a man who didn't even want to talk to Pharaoh. And in verse 12, he said, why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Listen, this, this, is, this is him talking to the Lord. He said, remember Abraham? 
Remember Isaac. Remember Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, you said, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and all this land I will have spoken of. I give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. So the Lord relented from the harm which he said he would do to his people. The Lord relented because the cries of a righteous man. Because all of a sudden, this man got inside of him something raised up that he had been walking through passive righteousness. And he said, there's something inside of me that that can connect with the Lord, not just to cry, but there is a prayer inside of me, a fervent prayer of this righteous man, and it can't avail much. There is something inside of me that I've been walking through this path I've been growing in, and there is something inside of me that can grab hold of God and shake him. What in the world just happened? How could this timid, I can't talk, the man in chapter 4, now he is operating in this fashion in 32 this timid guy is now standing face to face with God and he's crying out to him he's not being cocky he, no, he doesn't think that he's the Lord now but now he's been through some things and he's grown in his righteousness and he realized there's a voice inside of me like a lion and I can connect with the Lord my God there is something inside of me that comes out and all of a sudden he comes out bold he comes out boldly and says, Lord, are you sure you want to do this? We've been through this, Lord. Do you want to do this? And the word says to come what? Come boldly before the throne. In other words, come like a righteous person. Come standing up. Come knowing that you are in the right. Come boldly before. But the problem with a lot of Christians is, guess what? We get sassy, but we don't get bold. Mm. Sassy Christians. Don't raise your hand if you know a sassy Christian. But there's a lot of sassy Christians. Sassy Christians can quote the Ten Commandments, but they don't want to live by them. I'm about to preach to somebody today. They want to talk about the church, but they don't want to serve in the church. I'm about to preach to somebody today. Sassy Christians, they know how church should be run, but they don't want to do anything to help it. They want to talk about it, but they don't want to serve in it. They want all of these things. They know the right thing. They, they just start getting sassy instead of getting bold. Guess what? God is tired of sassy Christians. Whenever he gives them a word, they, stop, they start worshiping idols. He is tired of the sassy Christian, and he's ready for a bold church that can open up their mouth and speak the truth in righteousness. Can I get an amen today? He is ready for a bold church. Righteousness doesn't make you God. It just brings you up to a place where you can experience his promises. Righteousness doesn't make you God. It gives you characteristics of him. But it doesn't put you above God. It brings you up to a place of new communication. It brings you up to a place where you can see his promises. The word says that, 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 that Moses' cry was so bold, God changed his mind. Wow. I won't destroy that nation. I'll change my mind. America, American Christians need to get righteous. 
and need to start praying prayers that avail much. Because whenever the righteous people get together, the righteous, the righteous, they will never be forsaken. He will never forsake. He will always be there. He will always. And whenever the righteous get together and start praying bold prayers, it can change and shift the mind of God. Wow. You thought your prayers had no weight. Get righteous. Cry out to him. Walk in paths of righteousness. It can shift trajectories. It can move things. It can change things. Righteousness doesn't make you God. It just brings you up to the place where you can experience him, his communication, his prayer, and his promises in a whole new level. Why? Because a slave can't experience it. A slave can't experience it. But guess what? You've been set free for this moment. You are a child of God. God is calling you to be righteous. He is calling you to be bold. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not a wimp. Come on. Tell your husband that, somebody. Say, 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 say you're not a wimp. No, you are bold like a lion. God created you for this moment. He created you for righteousness. He created you for this day. Lions, he said, the, the righteous are like a lion. What do lions do? They roar. They have a distinctive voice. Don't walk around with your mouth closed. Don't walk around with no worship. Even if you've got a mask on in the store, there still needs to be something coming out from the righteous. Can I get an amen today? There needs to be something in this hour that the righteous are making a sound, that the righteous are coming forth. The word says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The redeemed are the righteous. Say so. Stand with me today. Say so. The old song says, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I have been redeemed. And whenever you are redeemed, God is calling you to righteousness. God is calling you to stand upright in the word. He's calling you to walk in his word. He's calling you to walk in the path of righteousness. He's calling the church to walk in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Would you just bow your head and close your eyes with me today? God, we thank you today. God, we thank you today. God, right now, Lord, would you lay upon us a path of righteousness? God, would you lay upon us a way for us to walk, oh God? God, would you lay upon us Give it to us, O oh God, this day. Show us, O oh God. Convict us, O oh God. Move upon us, O oh God. Today, this day, 
God, let us walk boldly. Let us walk boldly, oh God. Let us walk boldly. In this day, in this hour, oh God, your word says that you are leading us in paths of righteousness. You are leading us in bold paths, oh God. Let us walk boldly. Let us declare your word like never before, oh God. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. For more information, visit LegacyChurchRome.org.